really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. We believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. Lord bless you and thank you kids for being so respectful in this moment. We appreciate that. Welcome everyone. It's great to have you if you joined us since we started. We talked a little bit about yeah, commitment and the active commitment and one of the things we want to do today is, is always something that brings pleasure to, to pastors and leaders and that's when we welcome people into membership in the community because it is an active commitment. People have signed on the dotted line. We have their forms, Liz, don't we? <laughs> and it is, it's a commitment to community. It's a commitment to belong together. That's what membership is about. You know, if your heart's not in it, a piece of paper won't make you committed. But if your heart is in it, then a piece of paper is easy. So it's always about the heart. It's about, always about finding your place in that jigsaw pieces, uh, becoming part of that community. So Abiola and Faith, is Faith here today? There you go. You weren't sitting in your usual place. So Abiola and Faith, would you come forward, please? I'd like to invite David and uh, Ian to come up front with me as well, as elders along with me in the church. I love these moments. Thank you for your, your dress as well. It looks very African today, huh? I hope you don't have claws. I think... Is this mine? I'll, I'll persevere with it for the moment and see what happens. And so we're, we're so glad that you've decided that this place is a place where you can worship God, where you can serve God, where you can be connected in community, because that is the thing that's really important. When, when Paul had that conversion experience, it says in Acts 9.26 that he tried to join the disciples the word that's used speaks of cement. It's the mortar and cement that, that gives that unity, that gives that connection, that gives that permanence and sense of commitment. So we're, we're very glad to do that. And in the New Testament, they did something that's a little bit of a strange word. I'm going to use old money, so it's King James Version. They give the right hand of fellowship. That's, that's what it says in old money. And the right hand of fellowship was that sense that publicly they were affirming our commitment to you as elders and your commitment to us as members. So Abiola, we welcome you. We thank you for how you've already served, how you've already sought to integrate, and we, we bless you for that. Faith, we're, we're, well, we're so welcome and, and glad that, that you're here. Do you know what? I don't know what age you think she is. I'm not going to tell your age. <laughs> 2021, someone thought? Mm, no, 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 no. A lot higher than that, but she looks good for her age. I tell you what. Uh, so we're so glad to have you. We know you serve. We know you're very involved. And next week, we're going to share a little bit of a testimony that kind of God's spoken into and how he's answered prayer for you as well. So uh, in a moment, uh, in the welcome time, we're going to give you an opportunity to pray for them, to come and bless them and, and pray for them. Uh, quick prayers uh, that you do that. And in that moment, as we've started to do in the welcome time, if you'd like to receive prayer, then ask someone for prayer. Just someone that, that looks as if they're on fire for God today. 
looks as if they're in that right place. You can say, would you pray for me? You can share what it is, if appropriate. Uh, and take that opportunity as well to pray for what's happening in the, in the world and what's happening in the Middle East, that we need God's intervention in that. So, guys, why don't you welcome them as well, and then we'll take the opportunity to pray. If you want to gather behind them, and we'll, we'll pray. Just put your hands on their shoulders, and we'll pray. Father, we thank you for these ladies who have just come into this place and said, this is where you've planted them. This is where you want to use them. This is where they sense that their gifts can be used for the glory of God. Father, we thank you for them. We receive them as gifts to us. And our commitment as elders is to shepherd them, to watch over their souls, to speak truth into their life, that they may grow up into him who is Christ, that they may grow into a place of maturity. So we speak blessing over them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We ask you to fill them with your Holy Spirit, with your presence. They will be a blessing to all they come in contact with. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Uh, let's take the moment to welcome one another. Why don't you just quickly go and pray for them as they're milling around. Uh, take the opportunity. If you'd like prayer, then ask someone for prayer as well. And if we haven't already done so, we can start the stream. Bethany's not subtle. There you go. Well, you're in a good mood now. <laughs> there you go. For those of you who ignored the video, it is time to take your seats. Michelle, take your seat. Thank you, that's fine, it's great. There will be opportunity to talk afterwards, don't worry. Bethany, I think I need you to start leading the services and get people into shape. Thank you, God bless you. Let's pray. Uh, we're going to look at God's word, and, and then as part of that, we'll be having communion together. Father, we thank you for how we've already encountered your presence today. Lord, we, we want you to speak from your word today that will strengthen, comfort, and encourage us. We want to be a blessing to you. We want to be blessed that we can be a blessing to others as well. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't watch this particular program or, or programs like, like them, but if you've seen the adverts for some of these kind of uh, survivor type programs or desert island type programs, all the adverts look good, don't they? They look this nice, perfectly clean beach and in a polished environment. And kind of if you're, if you're due a holiday, you'd think, oh, that would be nice. But can you imagine being stuck on a, desert island 
probably by yourself, not so glorious. Maybe the peace and quiet parents would be good for a while, <laughs> but you'd soon get bored. You'd soon miss people. Maybe the thing that would make a difference would be an encounter with God. See, that's exactly what happened to the Apostle John. The Apostle John was exiled to this island called Patmos, and he was there for because of persecution for his faith, and that's a picture of the islands just off the, the coast of Turkey. And around AD 95-96, another of the Roman emperors, who by this stage, they, they were deified. They, they considered themselves God, so they demanded to be worshipped, which is why Christians had a problem, because they wouldn't bow down to the emperor and acknowledge him as God. And so the Christians were persecuted and uh, Nero kind of started that and that famous phrase, Rome burned while Nero fiddled, and he blamed it on the Christians. And so John's a leading figure in the early Christian church community, and he's banished to this island of Patmos. But John receives some incredible visions of the Lord Jesus, and if you read anything of the early chapters of Revelation, you, you will begin to see that John writes down this message that Jesus communicates to him and says, John, this is for the church now, but it's also for a later time. And I want you to know, John, that, that I'm in control of history, that I'm in control of the destiny of the world. It may look like this Roman Empire that's evil. It may look like, like, like this empire that claims to be God. But actually, I'm in control of all of this. And he gives him a, period, a, a whole picture of, uh, of, that unfolds. There's lots of angels. There, there's lots of judgments. There's lots of things that happen. But right at the start, if you have your Bible, Revelation chapter 1, I want to read a, a couple of verses that, that kind of is the, the start of this unfolding, the start of this revelation. I want us to... You kind of look at things that Jesus wants us to remember. So John chapter 1. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who's still to come. And from the sevenfold spirit before his throne. And from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things. The first to rise from the dead. And the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us. And has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with clouds of heaven. And everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. All the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes and amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. And I was, just want to draw a couple of simple points out to explain some things that I think God wants us to remember that Jesus unpacks for us here in the letter to all the churches but to us. I think we need to remember, first of all, the eternal nature of God. Him who was, who is and was, and is to come. And sometimes when we're in the middle of difficulties and, and pressures and when we, we look around and we watch the news, we forget that God is an eternal God. We forget that history is in his hands. We forget that God always was. This is not a surprise to him. This is not news to him. He knows. History does not go round in circles. It may appear 
like that to us. But history is going towards a very definite point, and we read it, when he comes in the clouds of heaven. It's moving towards the fulfillment of Jesus. And in this passage, in this short thing, this, this triune nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is emphasized. And so often in the church, one element of that is emphasized. Maybe it's the Father in the, in the Eastern church, they often emphasize the idea of the Father. In the Western church, we're, we're very focused on Jesus, and that's a good thing. But we also see that there is the work of the Holy Spirit. And in the, each of these verses, we, we see something of God's true nature, His eternal nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the God who always was and is and is to come. And that's a really helpful reminder to us that God reveals himself in these ways. God is still active and present. We sang it a couple of minutes ago. Thank you, oh my Father, for leaving your spirit until the work is done. Because the work's not done, is it, folks? The work's not done. In fact, in Ephesians 4, Paul comes on to say, until we all become mature in the unity of the faith. We're not there yet, are we? Until we come to that place of perfection, there is a work to be done in us and there is a work to be done through us. So let's, let's take our eyes off the, the constant social media feed. Let's take our eyes off the constant bad news and just step back a bit and say, okay, God, you're the God who, who was and is and is to come. We need to remember the eternal significance of God. And, and why is that important to us? He said it here in the verses, grace and peace to you. That just isn't just a standard greeting throughout the New Testament. It means something. The peace of God, the shalom of God, the wholeness, the wellness of God. He wants us to live in that place of wholeness. It's his very message to us. Grace. We'll, we'll, we'll never get away from grace. We'll never get past that point of grace. We always need grace. And, and that's why the table that's presented before us is a great leveler. Because we all need God's grace. We all come to the table because of God's grace. Not our own merit. Not our own righteousness. Not our own accomplishments. But in the midst of difficulties. Because John is exiled on Patmos. There's no satellite TV and a snooker table on the Isle of Patmos. There's no comfort. He's exiled. And yet in that moment of tribulation for him, God reveals himself as this eternal God. Do you know what, folks? I, I think as Christians, we need to get a fresh revel revelation of that. Because we get so locked into our circumstances, don't we? We get so locked into the pressures. And God is mindful of those. God sees and God hears. You look at the story of Hagar. If you do the Lectio 365, all of this week was the story of Hagar. It's the God who sees. When, when God called Moses, he said, I have heard and I've seen the misery of my people. God knows, God sees, God hears. In fact, he says it to all the churches. Jesus says, I see and I know. And because of that, he brings a message to each of the churches. But in that message, he starts off with this idea of grace and peace. Not because we're sitting in a monastery and we have nice chanting music, or not because everything's perfect in our life, because it wasn't for John. 
And it wasn't for the early church. The message of the book of Revelation isn't simply for end times where we try and figure out who the beast is and um, what 666 means. It was a message to the early church to say, this Roman Empire, it'll be gone one day. There's no way they could have foreseen that at that point. The Roman Empire was at the height and it was a beast in how it treated people. It was. So the message to the church, the early church was that when you see this beast seeming to dominate, just look behind the curtain. <laughs> look behind the curtain. Look behind the curtain of eternity and, and allow God to show you he was and is and is to come. And let that feed into your everyday life that there is grace and peace available for you. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says it, there is a throne of So we can come, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, so we can come expecting, expecting to obtain mercy and grace. That's where we can have confidence. However you've come this morning, whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you've wrestled with to be here, there is grace and peace for you in this place. Amen? Grace and peace. Not because the preaching is good, though I hope it is. Not because the worship inspires you, though I hope it has. But because of God's eternal nature. Because of who God is. We did a whole series on it. God is. <laughs> we need to come back to that. That's what verse 4 tells us. Verse 5, we have to remember the work of Christ. We have to remember the work of Christ. There's a number of key words in the New Testament. Paul kind of unpacks five key words uh, about the work of Jesus on the cross. They're absolutely filled with meaning. He, he takes the images of the day and the things that they would have understood in the first century world. And he comes and he says, this is what Christ has done for you. And one of those words is the idea of redemption. The idea that we have been bought back, that we've been purchased, not with corruptible things, Peter says, such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's how much worth we have to God. That's how much value we have to God. It's the precious blood of Christ. He's redeemed us. He's bought us back. It was always God's plan and purpose that we be in relationship with him. It was always God's plan and purpose that we would know him, that we would walk with him, that we be, would be in fellowship with him. It's always his God's plan. But when man sinned, that relationship fractured and it needed a perfect man to come. And the power of Christ's sacrifice, according to verse 5, all glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Just think about that for a moment freedom from our sins from everything that we have done wrong everything that we will do wrong every thought every action every attitude it was placed on Jesus that's an incredible thing no wonder the psalmist is caught up in praise when he says as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us and there's a phrase that goes on to, to talk about, about being washed in the blood. That's what some versions talked about, being washed in the blood. And 
some of us will have sung hymns about that. Some of us will kind of have grown up with that language. And there's some great old hymns that, that talk about that. And it, to be honest, it sounds weird language, doesn't it? But if we understand some of the context as well, it's helpful for us. So at the time of Paul writing, there was what was called the, the mystery religions or the mystery cults. And part of the initiation process was that people would, would stand in a pit and above them a bull would be sacrificed and sliced open and blood would flow over them. It was a parody of the shedding of the blood of Christ. And, and Paul comes and say, and John says, this idea of being washed in the blood, it's symbolic. It's not literal as they did in the mystery cults. It's not something spooky, but it is spiritual. And it means through the sacrificial death of Christ, we're cleansed from sins. We can be cleansed from our sins. See, Hebrews 4, verse 10 verse 4 makes us aware of this truth. It's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. That's why we celebrate communion. That's why at times we focus on Jesus in Christ alone. <laughs> it's the shedding of his blood and that idea of being washed in the blood or being cleansed by the blood. It's symbolic of the freedom and the forgiveness that we receive. It's symbolic of the victory of the cross because he did say it is finished. He did say it's completed. It literally means the debt has been paid in full. That's what Christ has done for us. That's why we should remember. And finally, we need to remember that we're called to serve. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. You know, as I travel around the world, it's interesting to watch people's reaction and people's idea. In this country, it's almost that pastors and those of authority are disrespected. And in other countries, they're, they're held in, in great high honor. But actually, the Bible tells us that we're all priests before God. We're all priests. I have no special access to God that you don't have. Because the way has been made through us through what Christ has done. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 2. He has made peace. That dividing wall of hostility is broken down through what Christ has done. So you are a priest before God. Do you realize that? Do you, do you live in that reality? Yes, we're happy to pray for you, of course. We're very happy to do that and that's part of my function. But you are called to be a kingdom of priests for God, to the glory of God. You have access to God. You have freedom to God. You have opportunity to come before God and not only pray for you, but also to pray for others. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That, that's what Peter says, 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter was an ordinary fisherman. He wouldn't have had that much of an education and many of the other disciples were, were ordinary people. But Peter gets this revelation that what God done through Jesus Christ elevates him. <laughs> it elevates him. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians that we have been raised with Christ in the heavenly places. That's our position in Christ. That's 
where we sit in Christ because of what Christ has done for us. So the implication of that and out of that comes the, the responsibility and the privilege to serve as priests. There's an old phrase that I was brought up and some of you will have been brought up with as well. We're saved to serve. Some of you remember that? The idea, we are saved to serve. Sometimes that was used in a way to make people feel guilty to do stuff, but that's not the biblical mandate. That's not the biblical. The biblical thing is that we are called. We are saved to serve in a way that uses our gifts, in a way that God is glorified. If you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, Saad shared a little bit of a story uh, when we come back from Pakistan. And one of the phrases that he said, I suddenly realized God can use me. Isn't that incredible? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have gone to theological college. You don't have to have letters after your name. God can use you. If we're willing, if we're available. That's the message that's embedded at the, at the heart of the gospel. Remember the eternal nature of God. Remember the work of Christ. Remember we're called to serve. Kerry's going to help with some, some of the kids as we come to the table. Some of the things that we also need to remember. So thank you, Kerry. Okay, some of the children are going to come and help us to remember. To remember what communion's about and to remember why Jesus went through what he went through. So if you have got a reading, if you can bring your reading up and come up, Musa's going to sort you into order. I was really struck, we were reminded earlier on when we were having, when people were praying, and I was really struck that some of us, I think today, need to remember it is finished. Striving can stop. Trying to earn favour can stop. Trying to be good enough can stop. Because it is finished. I think that's a really good thing to remember. So we're going to walk ourselves through the last week of Jesus' life. Because it's really important that we remember what he's done for us. That's what communion is all about. So the children are going to help us with some readings and we're just going to have, after each reading, a little bit of time of quiet for us to reflect on what that means for us. What is God saying to us today as we approach communion? So communion calls us to remember. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We remember the betrayal and the abandonment of Jesus by his disciples. Then he, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, could you watch with me even one hour? We remember the unfair trials. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes and Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer him? 
what what about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. We remember the humiliating and agonising nature of Jesus' crucifixion. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to see who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced this, the charge against him. It read, the King of the Jews. We remember the Lord's words on the cross. Suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Remembering is good. Jesus wants us to remember. He commanded us to remember. We also are, are asked to remember the life that Jesus spent. Jesus spent his life reaching out to the lost, to the least, and to the lonely. Remembering is good. Yet we are called to do far more than just remember. Paul reminded us, as we come to the table, we are to restore Jesus' presence to our world as his people, the church. I'm just going to say that again. Paul reminded us, as we come to the table, we are to restore Jesus' presence to our world as his people, the church. Again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus entered our brokenness, shared our brokenness, and suffered our brokenness for us. In taking communion, we remember why the Father sent Jesus to our broken world. We also remember that Jesus has sent us into this same broken world to continue his mission. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So in a minute, the children are going to come round and serve you communion, and we're going to have a video playing. But I would ask that we just remember there's nothing magic about what we're taking. There's nothing magic about what we're eating and what we're drinking. But there was something absolutely phenomenal about what Jesus did for us. So when the children come and bring you communion, in this church, if you are a believer, if you have given your life to Christ, then please share in the communion. If you don't want to, if there's a reason why you feel you can't, that's between you and God. And obviously with children, it's up to adults to decide whether their children will take communion. But let's remember what Jesus did for us.
for those who have given their lives that we can do that but more importantly we thank you Father you sent your only son not to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved so Father we have received by faith the grace that's imparted to us through the bread through the wine we thank you in Jesus name Amen. Thank you, kids, for doing that so well. Didn't they do a great job? <clears throat> we do have some sweets left over from last week. Nice. Kids, you can go first uh, on that one. Uh, I'll be last because I took one of those sweets this week and my tooth cracked. I don't know why you're laughing. Because his, his tooth cracked and dissolved. So I'm, I've been to the dentist yesterday. He's there tomorrow. So that's your own fault, Mr. Haribo. So if you've been watching online, Lord bless you. We're going to do some announcements. So you can stay uh, for those who you're informed of what's happening. Uh, and then we'll pray and close uh, the service together. For those of you who were out on Friday night at our encounter night, 
One of the things we, we gave out was a little laminated bookmark, pray for your leaders. Some of you will have had those before. It's not the first time we've given it out. But if, if the dog's eaten it or you've lost it or other stuff like that, we have several of those uh, copies uh, left. It, it goes through every day, things that you can pray for the leadership here. Um, we encourage you to do that. We, we value your prayers. We need your prayers as we do that. Uh, for those of you who are either online or here for the first time, uh, you should have been given a welcome pack. Uh, and in that welcome pack is a welcome card. For those of you who are online, it's newlifecrawley.church forward slash connect. Uh, and that will send me an email and I'll follow up with text or email uh, just to say hi and, and welcome you and how we can pray for you. As we've mentioned, there's a couple of things coming up over the next few weeks. This is where things start to get busy, isn't it? Yeah. So it's crazy season. We understand that. But let's keep God at the center of that as well because Christmas is for him. It's from him. It's because of him. So let's keep him at the focus. On December the 1st, we're, we're having a youth night. As we, we said before, we really want to kind of relaunch that ministry. And we realize that after COVID, we're, we're, we're almost starting again. But Harold and Sinead are going to host something for us and we're going to begin that. So those who are in secondary school age upwards, uh, we want you to be part of that. Uh, they're doing a games night and I'm sure there'll be food somewhere at that as well. So bear that in mind, parents, and um, we'll get Harold and Sinead's address to you, all of those practical details. <clears throat> this week, just to let you know, next slide, uh, carries away on a study break this week. So um, if you would respect that, that would be helpful. So it's just time to plan and prepare for stuff uh, as she continues to help us lead the church. Uh, and I've also said to Carrie that she has to make sure she doesn't respond to every message that comes. So give her some space in this week. If you need pastoral support, um, then Liz Tapp will know who to, to direct you to, either herself or someone else. Uh, Liz is in green at the front, for those of you who don't know. Uh, so contact Liz in the, the, the first, first stage, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. So have a great week, Carrie. I know you're going to down to Devon to see your daughter, isn't that right? So that'll be nice as well. Uh, coming up in December is the, the ladies' prayer retreat. <clears throat> so we know some of you have booked into that already. The QR code will take you there. Um, we have invited uh, others who are outside the church as well. Uh, one of our churches in Brighton, AOG Church, uh, know about this as well. We encourage you to come to that. It's five pounds. Um, bring your own lunch and, and you can book online to do that. I already put that out on Signal. I'll do it again this week, but the QR code will take you uh, directly to that. While the ladies are retreating, the men are going to advance. <laughs> you like that one? We're going to advance probably to Toby Carvery <clears throat> to begin with. Uh, so guys, if you're interested in that, I, I will need to book that because of numbers. Um, or the option is Tilgate for the driving range. So we're, we're just figuring out. Um, but some of you didn't want to play golf with me again because I keep winning. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll do one of the others, either Toby Carvery or we'll do something at Tilgate uh, with breakfast as well. So keep that in mind. On the 9th at 10 a.m., we're having another joint kids' Christmas party with the guys in Pakistan. Last year, uh, we've done this a few years now, and last year we had a great time. The kids really enjoy it. They have a little bit of a program, 
uh, together. We join in that for about an hour, uh, and we have some food and, and, and games and stuff like that afterwards. Uh, Ian and Liz usually do great impressions of statues, and Ian with his suits. And if you've never seen Ian's Christmas outfits, then it's often worth coming for that alone. So we're asking you uh, if you can contribute to help us give them gifts. Uh, we know that one of the things that's a big national press is the Samaritan's Purse where they have the shoe boxes. Well, because of our personal connections, we don't do the shoe boxes and stuff, but we, we give money to the guys in Pakistan and they prepare the equivalent of the shoe boxes there for the guys, the kids in Pakistan. So if you can give to that, then that, that's really helpful. Many of you were very generous next year, or last year, and we're, we're sure you'll be generous again. That's the missions account. So that's the details of the missions account, which is a different account than our kind of normal, everyday um, pay the bills account. So that's the one you want to give into. If you can reference it as Pakistan in some shape or form when you're making that payment, then it's helpful for us to know it's designated for that work. So. Uh, you can give for many time now. It's, it's, it's really helpful. We want to send probably about a week before so that the guys can buy all the gifts and buy all the presents in preparation for the party. So please do that. <clears throat> Further ahead into January, one of the things that, that we recognize and we identified that for many people it's been a, a, a season, a, a year of loss. Uh, and we recognize that Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. And so there's a spiritual element to that. But there's also an element that we need to deal honestly with our emotions and process that. So uh, we'll be starting a, a bereavement journey group sometime in January in an evening. Uh, and if the numbers are, are too large, then we can split that into two groups. But we'll be giving you more details about that beginning in January. So if that's something that's going to be helpful to you then we encourage you to be part of that group and take the opportunity. It's only a six-week course, so make time for that. And then finally, we are heading in, and I thought I'd tell you before we start all the feasting. So after the feasting comes the... Well done. So we're going to do our 21-day Daniel fast uh, again, beginning on Sunday the 7th of June, uh, and it will end on Sunday the 28th of June, where we'll come together... Yeah, yeah, just checking. Just checking you were still awake because I've seen that glazed look when the announcements come. i also seen that fasting. Fasting, we haven't even got Christmas. Well, <clears throat> Christmas will come. Of course it's January. Of course it's January. You can fast in June as well if you want. Uh, but we'll be fasting, 21-day Daniel fast, starting in January. And on that 28th, we'll be coming together for an international meal. And we'll be doing a dedication for Philip's uh, little one and Peace's little one as well on that day. The theme for the 21 day fast this year is from Colossians 2.7 about being rooted in Christ. Peter prayed it a little bit earlier that, that we know that our security and our significance is in him. We need to be rooted in him. And it's the theme that we're using for the new kids lunchtime program um, that's in the Oak School. We want the kids to be rooted and grounded in Christ because that's the basis of our security. So God bless you as you think about that and prepare for that so you have plenty of time to feast and then we get stuck into the fast. I would encourage you very practically 
uh, a couple of days before the Sunday the 7th to begin to detox. If you love your coffees uh, and your tea, take a couple of days to detox before that, get rid of the caffeine and get rid of some of those headaches and stuff that happens. Um, so that by the time you come to the fast, you're, you're ready to go. And then finally, uh, we always talk about giving as, as a normal part of our worship. <clears throat> We're thankful for those of you who give faithfully, who give regularly, who give by standing order. It's so helpful for us that we can give to things, uh, that we can do the work in the schools, that we can give to ministries, that we can serve, that we can give to needs uh, as we're giving this week to particular pastoral needs, people in some difficult situations. Uh, so we encourage you to give. You can give online, uh, but also standing orders, the very easiest way for us to manage that. If you pay tax in the UK, please sign a gift aid form. Keegan will have those available. We have a supply of those. It's very easy. It's not about what you give. It's a, the ability for us to reclaim that back an extra 25% from the government that makes a substantial difference to the church. So it's part of our worship. Jesus said, where your treasure is. So it's a spiritual principle um, from Jesus himself. So I think we should sing this as a redeemer again, huh? Like that one, it just brings our focus back on God recognizing that we have a redeemer that as we have come on remembrance sunday we're we're remembering him for what he's done there is a redeemer we'll stand to sing and then we'll have some tea and coffee after the service if you need prayer as always the team will be up front available to pray god bless you thank you so much for joining us today we hope that you enjoyed the teaching we'd love to hear from you so please contact us all the details can be found on our website. God bless.